everything Jesus is is always going to be determined <clears throat> by whose voice you're listening to. Determining who Jesus is is determined by whose voice you're listening to because maybe one person says this and another person says this. But if you're listening, that helps you determine who you think Jesus is. You know, depending who, who has your ear, you know. Uh, the world may have your ear. Your teacher may have your ear. Your parents may have your ear. Your girlfriend may have your ear. Your boyfriend may have your ear. Don't dug on it. But whoever you are listening to, well, that's the person that you're probably, you, you know, you're probably going to adopt their opinion of who you think Jesus is. So in John 10, we hear Jesus tell you who he is, and hopefully we're listening tonight. Let me go ahead and read it for you. John 10, verse 1 through 21 is our passage. John 10, verse 1 through 21, it says, Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, pause, Pharisees were hypocrites of the day. Well, they weren't hypocrites. They were religious leaders. Remember the guy carrying the Torah? Um, They kind of looked like that. They're very pious religious people of the day. And, And, you know, something about the Bible, John chapter 10 comes right after John chapter 9. You're welcome. I'm a seminary student. And, but there wasn't, any, uh, there wasn't any, like, you know, chapters and verses when it was first written. And so we use that to, you know, kind of separate and organize our, the way we read it today. But before this happened, Jesus got himself into some trouble. Uh, and, and what happened was Jesus healed a guy who's ne- who was blind, like from birth, like never saw the light of day since they were born. And he healed him. And everybody in the town knew that this guy was blind. But then one day on a Saturday, they saw him walking around and someone wanted to play a trick on him and try to trip him and he moved out of the way. And they're like, "Uh uh-oh, this guy's not blind anymore. And the Pharisees of the law, the Pharisees, found out that this happened. And instead of being excited or instead of loving this person, instead of like helping this guy, you know, figure out a new life of like, like seeing again, they judged him harshly. They condemned him. And they got mad at Jesus. You know why? Because he chose to do a miracle on the Sabbath. They were mad at Jesus because he chose to do a miracle on a day where no one was supposed to work. Because Jesus wasn't following their man-made religious duties. See, God provided a Sabbath, but it wasn't to the extreme that they took it to. And instead of loving, these, instead of loving somebody who was broken, they judged someone who was broken. So that was a Pharisee. And Jesus responds to this Pharisee, or to these Pharisees who are trying to trap Jesus. And he says, very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen, right? So he goes straight into a story. Anyone who doesn't enter into the, uh, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters the gate is a shepherd of the sheep, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. Someone say, listen to his voice. He calls calls his own sheep by name. It's so nice to hear that. God knows your name. Anyways. 
and he leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because what? They know his voice. Do you know Jesus' voice? But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this as a figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. I think the Pharisees understood but didn't want to admit it. Jesus, I don't understand what you're getting at. I'm about to be offended. So let's just, let's just start this. Let's just figure out what the story is saying first. First of all, Jesus is calling us sheep. Is that clear in the story that there's a shepherd, there's a sheep? Guess which one you are, right? You're the sheep. Now, that's not necessarily a compliment, all right? No, right? It's not a compliment to be called. Like, you don't want someone to be like, oh, I love your sheepish figure, right? Like, like oh, my God, how sheepish of you to say that. Oh, no, that's not a compliment, right? No one goes inside a tattoo shop and says, yeah, give me a sheep right here. Just, oh, just remind me of how helpless I am. Like, nobody, like, wants to be called a sheep, Right? Sheep are completely helpless. They're hopeless and they're stressed out all the time, right? They are literally designed to be food. Like every part of them is designed to be consumed, like even the fur, right? Everything about sheep is designed for consumption. Like anybody can eat them, like a bear, like a wolf, like even a big bird or something, right? (laughs) Sheep are known... Even insects, right? Like, even, like, they can be so bothered by insects, they've been known to bang their head against a wall because they are being so tormented by bugs. Like, sheep are so, so dumb. Um, <laughs> um, but it's not just good enough for me to tell you how dumb they are. I actually did some research, and I, uh, you know, I got a video to show you. Just a little bit about what the Bible says you are. Go. All right. <laughs> they get <laughs> sheep, you know. All right, so, all right, so, dirty butt sheep just running off, just stinky butt just running off sheep. Right, that sheep fell on its back and couldn't get up, like completely helpless. <clears throat> So uh, I think that point's clear, right? So Jesus is, I don't know, he's not necessarily trying to make friends in this situation here, uh, but he's definitely wanting to let people know that, you know what, we need a shepherd. We need a shepherd, and our only defense, our only defense is who we are listening to. We can listen to bad shepherds, which are thieves, or we can listen to a good shepherd, which will lead us to green pasture. And the thing that distinguishes us from other people, the thing that distinguishes us from other sheep is who you're listening to, who the voice, it says, it says in verse four, 
verse 4, if we can pull verse 4 up or the last passage, it says, when he brought out his own, he goes on ahead of him and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Because they know his voice. And honestly, the the question just torments me to ask you, do you know Jesus' voice? When he calls you, do you follow I pray that in your life, God will provide spiritual leaders who will point you to Jesus and you will follow him. And even if you're following a leader who you end up finding out is not as spiritual as they thought, I hope that does not wreck your faith because all the while you should have been following Jesus's voice. I want to challenge you tonight to follow Jesus's voice. So who do you think Jesus is? Is completely determined by who you are listening to. And the first claim that Jesus makes about himself is that he is the gate. Someone say the gate. The gate. Next verse. Verse 7. Therefore, Jesus said again. So they didn't get it the first time, so he like, you know, remixed it and put it on repeat. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. That's the second time he said that. Whoever enters through me will be saved or safe. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Verse 10. If you don't have this verse circled in your Bible, squared, underlined, highlighted, whatever you do, make sure that you do. This is a very important verse. If you've never memorized this verse, this is a good one to memorize. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Okay, let me help you understand what a thief and a robber is, right? Jesus says, I am a gate. And everybody who's come before me is a thief and a robber. So in our language, we think thief and robbers are kind of the same thing, right? You know, thief and robber, they're kind of the same thing, but they're actually not. Jesus makes a clear distinction between the two. And he's talking to Pharisees, mind you. And he's not trying to make friends here. And he says this, you're a thief. And a thief is somebody who gains influence by deception, gains influence by deception. Somebody who steals something by deceiving you. Like, like, um, you know, like those, those telephone hotline things that, um, you know, um, the first thing that comes to my mind is that like old women, old, older ladies are kind of like scammed into like giving money to like an organization at late night. They're watching TV and they're like, call in right now and get some Jordan water and you'll be healed. Right. And then they end up giving all this money to get healed from some water in Jordan. But like that's a scam. That's deception. Right. That's what a thief does. They steal by deception. But a robber steals by violence and intimidation. Violence and intimidation. And that's what the Pharisees were doing. They were threatening hell over people's heads, intimidating them, and taking their money, and exchanging the relationship that God wanted to have with them with a religion of rules and intimidation. And Jesus says, I am the gate. 
I am the gate. I am the gate. The hard part about hearing that is that Jesus is saying he's the only way to God. And, and if you, well, when you think of Jesus as a gate, don't, don't you think, like, we're talking about sheep, shepherd, and a gate. You think of a big field with, like, a, a picket fence with maybe some wire around it, and then there's a gate that just creaks open, like, you know, and they walk in and out, right? That was in my head. Until I went to this place, I got a picture for you. This is the shepherd's cave um, where they think the, uh, the shepherds would have found Jesus or something, right? Um, but this is a shepherd's cave. Um, but what I want to show you here is that this is a place where shepherds would, would stay and live. And you can tell that shepherds uh, or that somebody lived there by the black soot on the ceiling, right? Because that's where they would burn and cook things. And it was totally hab- inhabitable, like people could have lived there. And, and when Jesus talks about being a gate, I'm thinking this now. Because there's three sides at least. It's a curved side, and there's only one way to get in, and that's through the front, right? So it's protected on all sides, but there's one way in. And Jesus is saying, I am the only way to get in. I am the only way to enter this sheepfold. Like, if you want to be a part of my sheepfold, like, there's only one way to get in, and that's me. And that's, that sounds very um, <clears throat> exclusive, Jesus, don't you think? Like, that's not very inclusive, don't, like, do, like, have you ever heard that, that argument? Like, is there only way to get to, is there's only one way to get to God? Well, that sucks for everyone else, doesn't it? And maybe, um, <clears throat> you know, maybe you haven't come across that question, but you should understand how radically different Jesus is and how radical the claims are that if somebody is absolutely sane and in their right mind, they would not say, I'm the only way to get to heaven. Right? Crazy people say that stuff. But Jesus is saying this to the religious leaders of this day. And he's saying, hey, there's a good shepherd and bad shepherd. Guess which one you are? And guess which one I am? Oh, yeah, by the way, I'm the gate. I'm the only way to get to heaven. Like, can you, can you feel the tension that is rising in the community of people who've chosen to follow Jesus up into this point? And if you follow Jesus up into this point and didn't realize what he was actually claiming to be, you might have second guesses about whether or not you think this guy is a good guy at all. And that's what exactly was happening in this passage. The shepherd's cave is totally inhabitable. It was defendable. It was sustainable. It was a dis- sustainable fold. The Bible calls it a fold. Also, a sheep pen is also na- known as a sheep fold. And it had one opening. Jesus wasn't crucified for, for, for just for calling himself a gate to heaven. He was crucified for calling himself the gate to heaven. And while other religious leaders may try to say that there's multiple ways to get to God, Jesus was very, very clear about how you can get to God. I read this article, and it said this. Other religious leaders say, follow me, and I will show you the way of salvation. 
But Jesus says, I am the way to eternal life. Other religious leaders say, follow me and I'll show you how to become enlightened. But Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Other religious leaders say, follow me and I'll show you many doors that lead to God. But Jesus says, I am the door. So who do you think Jesus is tonight? That's determined by whose voice you're listening to. And if you're listening to Jesus, he says that he is the gate. He also says that he is the good shepherd. Have you heard that before? Verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own sheep. So when he sees a wolf coming and abandons the sheep, he runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he was hired and cares nothing for the sheep. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep knows me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay, I lay my life down for my sheep. I have other sheep and other sheep pen. I must also bring them in. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock. Someone say one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay down my life on my accord and I have the authority to take it back up. This command I received from my father. Again, Jesus is saying, I am a good shepherd. My sheep need a good shepherd. My sheep need a good shepherd. You have shepherded these people way too long. It's time for a good shepherd. And as a sheep, you may know who your shepherd is by the voice you've been listening to. And you've been, you might have been listening to the voice of popularity. And that doesn't make a good shepherd, does it? This week, I've been struggling with insecurity, and I've been listening to the voice of insecurity, and that does not make a good shepherd. Madonna listens to the voice of popularity. You know Madonna's over 60 years old, right? She's over 60 years old, and she's still performing. And in an article, somebody asked her, like, like why do you keep going? And she said that I, she says this, my drive is to prove that I am somebody. Prove that you're somebody. Like, hello. Like, Google Madonna. Like, like. <laughs> the terror of being mediocre sends her running to the shepherd of popularity even at the age of 60. Who's your shepherd? Sometimes we get stressed and it sends us running to all kinds of shepherd of sexuality. Approval. Maybe we think it's education. That'll save us, right? That'll keep us safe from the, from the wolves or from death. Maybe we run to the shepherd of family, right? As long as nothing happens to our family, we're fine. But as soon as something happens in our family, we crumble. That's how you know who your shepherd is. Or maybe our shepherd is work. 
work, 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 and we work, and we keep working, and we are courting workaholism. And we find ourselves more exhausted than when we started. A good shepherd lays his life down. And Jesus says he has other sheep and other sheepfolds. And I'm going to get geeky with you real quick. He's got other sheepfolds, other sheepfolds. You know, for a long time, I used to think that was like other planets. Like, like I mean, I mean, I don't know. It could be, but I don't think so. He's ta- not talking about that. Because um, <laughs> I asked my professor. He's like, um, good, good guess. Um, Jesus is talking to people who think that they are the chosen people. And they are. But Jesus is not interested in leaving Christianity in Jerusalem. He's not interested in leaving um, salvation to just a group, small group of people in Israel. Jesus is interested in bringing you into the sheepfold. As exclusive as following Jesus is, it's inclusive enough to send you an invite. Jesus is saying, I have other sheepfolds, and they're not Jewish. And they weren't born in Jerusalem. I have other sheepfolds, and and there's one in Chatsworth that meets on Sunday nights at 7.30. But I have other sheepfolds in different places, but they are all one flock. Many folds, one flock, one shepherd. There's no reason to divide with other churches or denominations. God is way more interested in the unity of the body. That we may have different folds, but we are under one flock and one shepherd. Now, Jesus makes a crazy statement here. Oh, man, I got to tell you this story. Jesus makes one last crazy statement. He says, I have authority to lay down my life, only to pick it back up. Right? Who says that again? Like, again, if this is just a good guy, right? Because, right? like, if you talk to, like, other people from other religions, they think Jesus is a prophet, a great teacher. But a great teacher doesn't say, I'm the greatest leader of the world, and I'm going to die and rise again. That means you've been taking too many LSD pills, right? That's not a good teacher. He must be more than a good teacher if what he's saying is absolutely true. If you choose to believe that Jesus is your shepherd, your life is going to change. Um, last year in May, uh, my dad my dad died, and I had to figure out what it meant what it meant to like be shepherded by God. And I um, I was in the middle of you know getting hired here, and I got the news that my dad passed away. And I think I might have told this that story. You know, if if not, just go on the podcast, I told it on Father's Day. And, um, but one of the things I found myself saying to God in the midst of all the different things I had to do, because you have funeral arrangements, you have, you know, doctor things, and you have uh, <clears throat> a mom, who, my mom was falling apart completely, like psychologically and physically. I have family members from Ohio calling me, trying to figure out what they need to do. And I'm like, I, I wasn't planning on being like a funeral arrangement person. 
Like, I don't know any of this stuff. I don't know how to deal with the taxes and the laws and all the finances that comes with burying your father. But what I, had, but what I did know is that I had a good shepherd. I had a good God to follow. And what I found myself doing every day is taking out a piece of paper and saying, Jesus, what should I do today? <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then the first thing that come to, would come to mind, it was the very thing that needed to be done. You know, it was, you know, call the funeral home. Okay, I'll call the funeral home. That's it. All right? I'll call the funeral home. I'll make the arrangement. And, and then I'll ask you what to do next then. You know, because I don't know. Like, I can't, I can't be overwhelmed with all this stuff. So, so I call the funeral home. Okay, great. All right, now I need to collect my mom's dog. <laughs> my mom's dog. Okay, I'll figure that out. I have allergies. What do I do now? Jesus. All right. You know, clean the house. All right, clean the house. All right. Call my wife. Call my wife. Like, it was just every single moment of listening and following. Listening and following. And I think that's what it looks like to be shepherded. I think that's what it looks like to turn your ear to God's voice as a shepherd. And if you, take it, if you take a moment to listen to God's voice, like, like you'll find yourself not as afraid, not as anxious. You won't be running to the shepherd of insecurity. You won't be running to the shepherd of pride. You won't be running the sh- to the shepherd of self-sufficiency. Because you'll be running to the shepherd who gives life. And that's what I found myself doing. Because I chose to believe that Jesus was my shepherd. I want to know, is the Lord your shepherd tonight? Are you listening to his voice? Will you listen? Will you start listening to his voice? Will you try it at least? What you, what you think about Jesus is determined by whose voice you're listening to. <clears throat> Jesus claims to be the gate. He also claims to be a good shepherd. And last, you have a choice. You have a choice in the matter. You can walk out of here and you can think that you're not making a choice, but by not choosing, that's your choice. Verse 19, it says, The Jews heard these words and were divided. That means they made a choice. That means if Jesus had 500 followers, he went down to 250 followers. The Jews were divided. 20. Many of them said, he is demon-possessed and he is raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. After all, can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So you only got three options. To the question, who do you think Jesus is? Three options. In the ancient world, it was either demon-possessed, raving mad, or he actually is who he says he is. In this society, we're probably not going to use the word demon-possessed. But we'll probably say he's either a liar, lunatic, or he actually is who he says he is. So the question still remains, who do you think Jesus is? Because the statements that Jesus made about himself, 
You cannot be on the fence about it. Jesus made bold claims. Good shepherd, bad shepherd. I'm going to resurrect from the dead. These are not words of, per, of a person who is sane if they're not telling the truth. No good person makes these statements. I want to um, conclude. We'll bring the band up. If Jesus is not a good shepherd to you. Maybe you don't know who Jesus is. Maybe this is your first time and and you're not ready to to say that Jesus is a good shepherd to you. That's fine. I want to invite you to keep coming back and explore the claims over the next four weeks as we ask the question, like, like, who is this Jesus? And what does he say about himself? If you think... Jesus is anything but a good shepherd. I want, you to, I want you to ask yourself then, who is he then? If he's not a good shepherd to you, then who is he? But if you were to ask me, and maybe if you were to ask the person next to you, I hope that their answer would be that of mine. If you were to ask me who Jesus is, I would tell you this. Go ahead and stand up. I would say, I would say that the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. For he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me alongside right paths for his namesake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley... I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows and surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can you hear the shepherd's voice? Will you hear the shepherd's voice? What I want you to do is commit. Add five minutes to whatever regiment, whatever you end up doing in your personal time with God this week. Just add five minutes of listening where you're not talking and you're just, saying, you, and you're just laying down in green pastures <laughs> and you're just being led by still waters. For five minutes, just add that to the beginning or the end of whatever your Bible regiment is this week. Starting either tomorrow morning or tonight or whenever you choose. But choose a place and choose a time to listen to his voice and be shepherded. Will you be shepherded by God this week?
And I imagine, what would it look like if this room was, was filled with people who listened to God's voice and was shepherded by him? And who was able to instantly know who Jesus is without a doubt in their mind because they were listening to the shepherd's voice. Let's pray. Father, Father, we, we choose to, to let go whatever we have been shepherded by, and we choose to let you shepherd us. We ask for forgiveness for allowing us to be led by things or people that are not worthy of our time and our attention. Instead, Father, we choose to hear your voice and follow you now. Father, if it wasn't clear before who you are, I pray that you would make it clear to us, even right now, who you are. That we would choose to either believe who you are or make a statement or make a stand. I pray that we would stand together today. And with confidence and with faith, we would be able to stand our ground and tell people around us that you are our shepherd. And you've given us everything that we need to get through the next test, to get through this next relationship, to get through, to get through this hurting time, that you would be our shepherd, that you would shepherd us through the hurt, the pain, and you would also shepherd, shepherd us through the joy and the excitement. Father, I pray that tomorrow would be a different day. I pray that tomorrow would be a day where we listen and follow And we would listen and follow you. In Jesus' name, amen.